Hello, and welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. This is Sarah. Join us for bookish episodes and a monthly book club pick. This is Ashley. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod, or go to our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. This is Jen. Check out our Teachers Pay Teachers store, our Patreon page, and our newsletter. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to support us. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hello, everyone. This is Sarah, and we are here today with another short episode. Today, we are going to be talking about book and song pairings. And before we do that, we want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts because that helps people find us. And we also want to remind you that we have a brand new merch store at T Public. You can also access it directly from our website. So check that out and support us any way you can. We really appreciate you listening. And now we are going to get to our book and song pairings. And we all basically just picked a song that we thought kind of matched a book of our choice. So who would like to? No, actually, I'm not going to ask. I'm going to say, <laughs> Ashley, will you start for us? Dang it. I'm just going to put Jen on the spot. But alas, my name has been called. I <laughs> will reluctantly go. Uh, first of all, this was quite an adventure. When we came up with this idea, I was like, oh, this is a great idea. And I feel like in the abstract, I think about these things. But then when I had to nail it down, it was more difficult. <laughs> anyway, the first one I'm going to talk about I this morning felt very teary about. And then I thought, I'm not going to be able to talk about this. But I feel much better this afternoon about it. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it first. So the song that I selected is Death Cab for Cuties, What Sarah Said. And... I guess we're going to link to our lyrics mm-hmm. or something. Yes. Right? yes. Okay. So, yes. so we'll put these in the show notes in case you're not familiar with them. But that song. So, okay. The song is what Sarah said. And the book that I am linking it to is The Great Believers by Rebecca Mackay, which I read this summer and for sure is going to be one of my most favorite books of the year. And it's probably one of the most impactful books I've read in a very long time. I thought it was a very rich story and it has really stayed with me. And so I think what, okay, so I'm going to talk about the book first and then how it connects. The Great Believers is about, it has two timelines, but it is about the AIDS epidemic in the 1980s in Chicago and Boys Town, where everyone is getting sick and dying and there's all the stigma involved. And at the time they knew very little about it. And so it's early 80s, all of that is unfolding and It is, she is just a masterful writer. And so it really, she does a great job of getting us right into the lives of the characters. And we look really closely at the people who are being impacted by this crisis and the way it's treated by the larger society. And so that's happening. And then also it is, there's another storyline of the sister of one of the boys who was, or one of the young men who was one of the first men to die who it's looking at her estranged relationship with her own daughter much later and her attempt to reconnect that relationship. And so I just think that that book is brilliant because I think it both examines very deeply a a situation that happened and that was handled badly and not cared about and that kind of thing. But it's also about what it means to watch someone die and to be ill 
and to support other people who are ill and to stay with them until the end and to know that that is what the inevitable outcome is. And I think what's particularly heartbreaking about that situation is that, you know, one partner would find out that he had been infected and then would the, the, you know, his partner then has to face not only the care for him, but then the knowing that Mm -hmm. most likely with rare exceptions, it was coming that way for them too. Mm -hmm. But then there was no sense of like how long and how long would be dormant and all this. And I just thought all of that was heart wrenching, but also just beautifully portrayed in the book. And so the song is also pretty heartbreaking, but it is all about, I've just always thought it's the most accurate portrayal of what it is like to sit in a hospital that I have Mm -hmm. ever heard of just the experience of waiting for the inevitable to happen Mm -hmm. and what that is like for all of the people in that space. And so I think that is what was so rich to me about those together because it is this idea that that is what it it means to love someone. I mean, that in the song, um, you know, there's just like all this talk about the, all the people in the waiting room and how they all have this thing in common, but then they're all isolated also. And I think that, yeah, I just thought, I mean, this morning I was like, that is it. I mean, it's this just like, that's what it means to be human is just to know that we have this mortality. But also there is a distinct part of watching someone be sick and die that we don't always have. And so I think that, that that's what stood out to me. I mean, like mm-hmm. the song, I mean, in the end, it's like, um, I'm thinking of what Sarah said, that love is watching someone die. And I think, like, that is what those two things had so much in common because the book, The Great Believers, is so much about mm-hmm. holding on to the people that you love and finding a way to be with them through this extremely difficult time. And so, yeah. So, again, the, the book is The Great Believers, Rebecca Mackay, and the song is What Sarah Said, and it's by Death Cab for Kitty. That's, that's a great pairing. Thank you. And I, 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 feel, I feel a lot more composed yeah. about it. This morning I was like, I'm not going to make it through. You did a great job. And I do love that book. Oh, my gosh. That was one of my favorites of last year. And I yeah. mean, I, I mean, it, it, is, it, is, it is stunning. I haven't read it yet. Sarah, it's on my you list. love it. But it is oh, work, gosh. for sure. I mean, it was, yeah. work. it was it was work. It was emotionally really draining for me to read. And also, because it's so masterful, it's not like you're breezing through it. Right. I mean, there, you know, I felt like it was work for me, but I was so enthralled in this mm-hmm. story. And I just thought, I mean, it's, like I said, it just has really stayed with me. Mm-hmm. It one, I wonder, it reminds me of when I, I started A Little Life. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. And I, I mean, I thought it was, it was amazing writing. Mm-hmm. I thought that the story was very, I mean, I wanted to know, but I mean, it, I had to stop for a while because I just yeah. could not, at that mm-hmm. moment, it was and that's coming from privilege, like the mm-hmm. privilege of being yeah. able to stop right. it, reading it, but it was just at that moment was too much but it, it sounds like that book mm-hmm. i think i i think i would like it but i just don't mm-hmm. yeah i don't know when i'll read it but i will read it <laughs> and i will say that's when i did on audio and read the book and that was a good combo for me mm-hmm. good to know jen what is one of yours all right, so Ashley actually inspired this, so full credit to Ashley. So uh, we were spinning through. I had a really hard time with this because I will say, uh, usually when I'm listening, I'm listening to podcasts and audiobooks, so I, I don't have this great range of songs. But going back to the 90s and when I was really into music, I love Pearl Jam and Pearl Jam's Jeremy, which released in 1992. So I was in high school was really an impactful 
song and video, like the video <laughs> for me is almost as resonant mm-hmm. as the song. And I just remember how powerful that was and how we all talked about it. And I will say that was before Columbine, which happened when I was in, was I in grad school? or I think I was in grad school and Columbine happened. And so it just thinking of violence in the classroom and in the song, Jeremy, he's describing a suicide. So it's not quite the same, but I still just think this stunning act of violence in a place of education, that wasn't something we took for granted the way we have. And so it's just interesting to look before that shift happened. I remember talking with my students one year about, there was an article in this newspaper that we got that we were reading and they said, well, what was it like before Columbine? And it's just, it was such a a change of, of the entire way you see the world for these kids as compared to what it was like when I was in high school. And so the book I've chosen to pair with it is Dave Cullen's Parkland, which is a nonfiction account, not of the Parkland shooting. So Dave Cullen's previous book, Columbine, really focused on the events of Columbine and what happened from the moment the shooters came to school that day and the aftermath. And Parkland is about the activism that followed that event and the way those high school kids came together to try to make change and to be politically active. And so I think it is a hopeful look at what an artist's attention to violence can do. And so I think that is something that both Pearl Jam and Dave Cullen, though that's probably a weird comparison, both do with these works is draw attention to something that they think is important. So that's Pearl Jam's Jeremy and Dave Cullen's Parkland. All right, Miss Sarah. What do you think? <laughs> so I don't listen to a lot of music um, except kid, kids bop with my children. <laughs> and uh, so my pairing, my pairing is the book is Castle of Water by Dane Hucklebridge, which I loved. We read this very early on in the mm-hmm. podcast as one of our book choices and my song is Nothing Compares to You. So this song was sung by Prince and Sinead O'Connor. The version that I am pairing with is Chris Cornell's version. It's his live version that he sang. I think he has one of the best voices I've ever heard. If you don't know who he is, he was the lead singer of Audio Slave and Soundgarden. And he just has this powerful voice that can evoke all of these emotions mm-hmm. and every time i hear this song it it makes me want to cry mm-hmm. i think also because he he died tragically that's one mm-hmm. reason but another mm-hmm. reason is that he just has this way of evoking emotion from people and that's what i thought dane hucklebridge did for me when i read castle of water mm-hmm. um, castle of water is the story of sophie and barry who are basically trapped after a plane crash on a deserted island. And it's about their relationship and how they come to make the island their home. And it's unique in that there are alternating timelines. So we, you get to see some things or hear some things from an omniscient narrator, which is because the narrator knows everything. So he's telling the story of Barry and Sophie, but he's also telling us, or he or she is also (laughs) telling us the story of some things that happened kind of 
um, at the same time as the, the plane crash and also telling us things that are happening in the present. So you know you're kind of, you're going back in time and flashing forward and it's just uh, just a really immersive experience mm. to read the book. And he takes you on this journey, this love story journey. And I'm always here for a love story. And it is just, I felt so much when I read this book. And that's how I feel every time I hear Chris Cornell sing Nothing Compares to You with just his guitar and a mic stand. It is amazing. So... Those are, that's my pairing. Castle of Water by Dane Hucklebridge and Chris Cornell's Nothing Compares to You live edition. <laughs> I love the specifics. <laughs> but yeah, well, I, know, I, mean, I get just, it. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different experience hearing him sing it like acoustically mm-hmm. yeah. than hearing like Prince sing it or Sinead O'Connor mm-hmm. sing it. So he, I had to be that's very right. specific. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, do you want to tell us about your second pick? Sure. Um, so the second one, I already got the one I feel really emotional about <laughs> out of the way. Though this one, I think, is also something that we all talked a lot about that was a hard topic. And this is one that we read together. I wanted to talk about Beth Macy's Dope Sick. And I wanted to pair it with Ex Ambassador's song Unsteady. And I think, so Dope Sick, I feel like, I mean, we talked about this for not not that long ago, yeah. so I won't go too in detail. But basically, I think what really it impressed upon me was that it just made me feel so much empathy for people who are addicted to, to particularly to opioids. I mean, that's really mm. what she's talking about. But more generally, people who are addicted to drugs. And I just think that her in-depth study illuminated to me how out of the control of the individual those situations mm-hmm. are and how little... It has anything to do with, and I mean, I, I thought I did not have stigmas against people who are addicted to drugs, but then when I read that book, I realized that I did have some stigmas mm-hmm. that really, and the book really, or some negative attitudes or just assumptions that I thought I knew something about that topic. It just really helped me to see that that was something I knew nothing about and that what is most important is the ability to stay with the stay with each other like basically Mm -hmm. to support each other and to find a way through and to figure out how to help each other through something that is hard instead of judging and turning away and hiding I mean Mm -hmm. I think that so much of the book was about shame and the stigma involved and how people wouldn't even say what was happening in their family because of all the negative associations when if they had said those things sooner, it could have really helped in these communities where so many kids were dealing with each other and, um, you know, that all that stuff was spiraling out of control. And because no one was talking about it, nobody was seeing the trends. And so, like, that all just really made an impact on me. And I felt like what I walked away from the book thinking is that recovery programs have got to be made possible, mm-hmm. that those programs have got to have medication as part of them so that people can get away from the things that they're so addicted to and I just felt like I I didn't realize any of that and so back to the song here um with ex-ambassadors it's all it's just all about like how we need people to hold on to us when we are not stable and that that is hard to do and so like the speaker is talking to a mother and a father and asking them to hold on to them and so I feel like that is what stood with me in that book and it was like I mean 
part of what was so heartbreaking and dope sick was the moms who did stand by their children Mm -hmm. through all of these unbelievable situations and how hard it was and how strong they had to be to be able to do that but that the the few success stories that we saw had a lot to do with the support of the family and with those specialized programs that made it more possible for um for people to find some success and to have some form of recovery but I just feel like that song really stands with me for that because I think that yeah it's just all about the relationships with each other and the needing to hold on and that and that we all experience that time where we feel unsteady and we need people to anchor us so Mm -hmm. yeah so again that's ex-ambassador's song unsteady and the book is Beth Macy's Dope Sick. Jen what is your (laughs) final? (laughs) All right so I am a huge, huge fan of the musical Hamilton. And (laughs) one of the things I love about that, so it is about Alexander Hamilton and it is about his political aspirations and the way he sort of implodes and ruins his chance to be president or to be cast for most people as a list of one of our first great Americans. So what I love about it though is that it's also about his marriage and he makes a lot of mistakes. He has an affair, and there there's a whole aftermath of that that's horrible. But one of the pieces, one of the things that happens is his son is defending his name. And uh, sorry, I don't consider these spoilers because it's Hamilton, <laughs> Alexander Hamilton, and it's history. So I'm just going to say it. His son is killed in a duel, much as Hamilton is later. And so his wife is having to forgive him, not just for having an affair with Mariah Reynolds, but also for the part that that played in their son's death. And there is a song, this song, It's Quiet Uptown, is this moment where you see their marriage growing and progressing. It starts, there are moments that the words don't reach. There is suffering too terrible to name. You hold your child as tight as you can and push away the unimaginable. The moments when you're in so deep, it feels easier to just swim down. And it just continues and you see Hamilton trying to apologize to Eliza and to save their marriage and to be there for each other. And every time I hear it and every time I've watched that play, that is the song that gets me. And there are just these beautiful moments of quiet that Lin-Manuel Miranda and his co-writers wrote into the musical that just let it rest. Okay, so all of that, then, that's the song. And then I am pairing it with Danny Shapiro's memoir, Hourglass, Time, Memory, Marriage. And Danny Shapiro, I've only read two of her memoirs, but I will definitely read more because I think her ability to reflect on her own experiences and to place them, like she's reflecting as she's living, which I think is amazing. But this memoir is looking back at the start of her marriage with her husband. It goes through their son's very serious illness. And it just looks at the struggles that they have to survive in order to continue to have a happy Marriage. I listened to this one and I thought the audio was really moving. She's a very lyrical writer and yeah, it, it's not like a song, but it's just the, the care and word choice to express her understanding of her marriage is really stunning. So 
That is Danny Shapiro's Hourglass Time Memory Marriage and the fabulous It's Quiet Uptown by the amazing Lin-Manuel Miranda, who I love. I just want to say that I felt a little regret that I did not read more of the lyrics of my first song, particularly. Oh. When you were reading them, I was like, oh, I should have read them. So click on our show notes because the right. lyrics are great. Yeah. My last choice is a book that we've just, we've talked about a couple times on the podcast. So I'm not going to go really in depth, but with a summary, but the book is Jennifer Niven's All the Bright Places. This story follows Finch and Violet, two teenagers who have an encounter on the roof of their school. And it's unclear exactly what's happening, but you get the impression, and this this happens right at the beginning, you get the impression that someone's th- contemplating jumping, mm. either one or the other or both. And then they find each other and they form this friendship and this bond and they work on a project. And it's just this beautiful story about their relationship. And it's just, it is so well done. And it's a hard book. I mean, it's just a hard book because they're both of them are dealing with a lot of, a lot of really tough things and you feel a lot in this book. And so that's why I'm pairing it with Linkin Park's shadow of the day. And this is another song. I think that what I've realized as I've been trying to pair songs is the, the songs that, that stay with me are the ones that make me feel something, Mm -hmm. especially and I mean, it's mostly feel something like just like visceral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I hear uh, Chester Bennington sing this mm-hmm. song, I just feel I have this visceral feeling. And it it makes me sad, but it's also almost cathartic. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that it, that's kind of how I felt some points during this book. Like I felt really sad but it, sometimes it was cathartic to feel mm-hmm. that way and just like because I felt like she did a really good job of exploring their emotions mm-hmm. and showing their different sides and I don't know I just to me this song fits that way I don't know if we went lyric by lyric if it tells the story Finch and mm-hmm. Violet's story but I think in terms of theme and Mm -hmm. the way that both of these pieces of art make you feel Mm -hmm. I feel like they are a good pairing together so that is Jennifer Niven's All the Bright Places and Lincoln Park's Shadow of the Day so we just want to thank you for listening today and sticking with us through a lot of emotions and we want to remind you to check out our Tee Public store for all the awesome merch and to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com for a list of ways to support us. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged.